Hi, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. Today is February 15th, 2023, and this is Ben and Barry on football. Hello out there, everyone. This is Ben Dickerson, your co-host. Ah, the end of another great NFL season and a really, really good Super Bowl. I think as football fans, we always hope that the Super Bowl is a really good game. There have been some that have been a little bit boring, we could say. There have been some that were not competitive, which sometimes translates to boring. But all that aside, this particular Super Bowl was a really good one. We'll have an opportunity to talk about that um, in the show. And uh, we're also going to do a quick summary of the net point rankings for the season. Um, so make sure that everyone hangs around. If you don't know about Ben and Barry on football, uh, make sure that you click the subscribe link so that uh, you'll get notified when the shows come out. Generally, once a week on Thursday is when the show gets published. Um, and we are also uh, a podcast and a blog cast that you can find where you find your podcast at Apple, Spotify, that type of stuff. And the broadcast uh, will be out. And all of that stuff uh, will be at our Facebook page. You can find all of those links at Ben and Barry on Football on Facebook. So, Ben, before we get started, uh, first off, this is the, 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 the show that wraps up the 2023 season. Now, you know, last week, Ben, I had a cold and, you know, still got a right. few of the remnants left. And the, the only cough medicine that really worked well for me i decided i'd bring it down and share it with you and then we can have a little toast ha <laughs> crown apple <laughs> so toast time it is a toast to my partner oh let me let me let me get my pour <laughs> see he's the he's the one that has the beautiful bar behind him Crown peach. Oh, I have to. I have to try it. I have to try it. I have to call the crown people and tell them, you know, to start paying us for these advertisements. <laughs> yeah, we're having these impromptu commercials. This is the funny thing. I can't take um, Alka Seltzer Plus, right? Right. I took the nighttime Alka Seltzer Plus. The next day, I can't wake up in the morning. I'm like, really? It's like a hangover. Right. Wow. But this, this works, works for you. This works for me. Great season, homie. Great yes, sir. Looking forward to another great season. We had a lot of good things. Yes, we okay. did. <sighs> mm, yum. Yep. No problem getting up in the morning either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, damn, I feel a lot better. And I didn't really call, but you know what it reminded me of? Back in the day, all the cough medicine pretty much had alcohol in it. Right. <laughs> so let's just skip to the basic ingredient. <laughs> right. Pretty much. Pretty much. So that's one thing. We got gifts. Tanya, our niece, <laughs> bought us both something. Really? This is the Super Bowl catalog. Okay. 
What? So, so apparently, I, I got your copy. We got two of them. And okay. Green screen, and it's messing up. But so you got one, I got one. Okay. All right. So everything you want to know says Super Bowl, uh, you know, 57. Um, and it's got this, it's a, it's the catalog. You know, it's got everything. Super Bowl experience anyway. The champions, you know, all types of articles, Eagles, lineups, blah, blah, blah. So okay. the football people, this is this is great. This is great. Great. Thank you very much. I'm like, so Tanya. Thank you, niece. Uh, thank you very, very much. We get to talk about you on the show. Um, and uh, you know, she's a Zeta. She's a Zeta, so she's big Zeta, you know. So if you see Zeta stuff, make sure you tune in. And you never know. <laughs> she might be on camera one day, you know. Right, right. Um, so let's A wrap up the season for the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings. And then we're going to talk about the game. And then we'll wrap it up with some current events at the Facebook page or whatever, you know, comments that you, you want to go. So that's the okay. agenda, ladies and germs. Let's start the first part of it. And Ben. Yes. I'm talking about the entire net point rankings. So we don't have to spend a lot of time. But it is interesting to, to think about what these teams are going to have to do to compete. This is the final night. rankings. Final rankings. Okay. All the way through to the Super Bowl. So if you look across the bottom, uh, Colts just got a new uh, coach, right? New head coach, the Eagles offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen. Absolutely. Then you go next to it, and as far now again categories, ANP all average net points. These are all averages. APF average points for that's how many points they scored. APA average points against that's how many points they allow because that's what makes the difference. Points, except for average turnover differential, which equates the points. So we have the rankings all the way down to 32 on that. We saw a new coach coming into Denver. Denver went and got themselves up. Coach, coach. Yeah. You know, so we'll talk about that in, in our, our uh, brain trust show that will be coming up in this offseason. Um, Chicago didn't get a new coach. Um, they're actually talking about a new, whether they should, Keep Justin Fields. Should we keep Justin Fields? I don't know. If Justin Fields can 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 uh, advance anywhere near as as well as Jalen Hurts did, and I believe body wise they're very similar, um, and I think talent wise they're probably very similar. Yeah, y'all better y'all better treat him right, but figure out what you're going to do as far as an offense is concerned. So. Uh, Indianapolis is back on the uh, turnover differential, very last place. So from 25 down to last in terms of net points, and that's the difference between points for and points against. Uh, Tampa Bay, Tennessee, Denver, L.A. Rams, Arizona, new coach. Houston, 
New coach. New coach. Chicago, all running in the bottom eight from minus 3.4 net points. And again, when you're doing these differentials, uh, net points and turnover differential, you can have positive and negative numbers. 3.4, 3.6, 4.2, 4.5, negative 6.4 for Arizona. Houston, negative 7.7. Chicago, negative 8.1. And again, that would be tied for last place, actually, with Indianapolis at negative 8.1. So that's your net points there. Uh, anything you want to say about that group? Um, I'll just say this. All of these teams are in the negative as far as the average net points are concerned. That means their teams, on the average per game, gave up more points than they scored. Several of them, as we've mentioned already, have new head coaches coming in. Those head coaches will have their hands full because each of these teams had different reasons for being in the negative. They weren't all because they had bad defenses. Some of their offenses were very challenging. They just did not score enough points. To the extreme would be Denver that had a really good defense, but an offense that was so poor that they're in the negative and average net points. So that's something to remember. I'm glad you brought that up because, again, something came out. And I always try to remind people, you know, this is an experiment. I began tracking these differentials sort of as an experiment. And we've just looked at the, the ways that things have worked out over the years. And that's been a little over five years now since we've been tracking this. But we just recently kind of began to talk about ranking differential. And Denver, again, was a great um, example. Now, they had a defense, I believe, was you'll see it as we move forward, where it finally ranked. But let's say it's in the top 10, and they're very last. That's a uh, you know more than a 22-number uh, ranking differential, you know? Right. So, but we saw teams that are consistent within their ranking differentials be the teams that are, were most competitive. So, you know, that's just – it should be obvious, but until you put the numbers together, it's not so obvious. Right. Um, Scoring-wise, there's there's Tampa Bay, uh, also a 25th place, averaging 18.2 points per game. You have Pittsburgh and the Rams tied at 18.1 points per game. Tennessee coming in 28th at 17.5. The Jets, 174 Houston 17 tied with Indianapolis at 17 and Denver bringing up 32nd place at 16.9 points per game. The Jets are funny because of all the Aaron Rodgers talk, you know, because they will talk about their ranking differential. Let's look at the defensive side real quick. Average points allowed or against Seattle. They're a team that has a, has a ranking differential because we know them for their strong offense. Las Vegas Raiders, 24.6. As a matter of fact, they're tied with Seattle for 25th place. Um, and now they've let the quarterback go. So I guess they figured they're going to do something more than what they were able to do with him. Uh, that's Derek Carr. Houston, 24.7. Detroit, 25.1. Again, a big ranking differential team offense versus defense in these cases indianapolis 25.1 so they're tied with detroit in points allowed minnesota 25.4 i'm surprised they wound up this far down um 
in the uh, points allowed. I really wasn't. It kind of just a, a, a team that popped out. I mean, like, Jeannie, Christmas. 26.4, there's Arizona and Chicago in very last place, 27.2. So now kind of you see what I mean when I said you guys are talking about Justin Fields. <laughs> you got more to worry about than Justin Fields. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, the, I think the reason they're thinking about dangling him is probably so they can get enough assets to improve that defense. Well, he's worth more. He's worth more to them in what he can bring in than he is to keep him and try to build around. Him. Well, that that's a net analysis that I, I think we can kind of. Uh, uh, Talk about at some particular point. I don't know if I can. Oh yeah, how that's going to work? Because they they haven't put their finger on it yet. Because he's still on a yeah. rookie contract, and yep. uh, so you know it's not like you can't do stuff because of his money. <laughs> I, I get it. You know, so if you talk, that's about, how bad off they are. Well, the fact that they're saying. even thinking about it though. So last ranking here, we have average turnover differential. Bottom eight in turnovers, Carolina, Washington, Arizona, Miami, the Jets, the Raiders, the Saints, and Indianapolis. Rolling from minus 0 0.2 turnovers uh, per game, negative, down to uh, 0 0.8. And that's for Indianapolis. All right, so that's for the bottom group, Ben. These, these are teams that, that need a lot of work. Um Washington seems like they've already decided who their uh, quarterback's going to be, which is interesting in and of itself. Um, so much is happening. Uh, Carolina, new coach in Carolina? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so let's move on. Frank Reich. Right, right, Frank Reich. That's, that's that um, – Andy Reid coaching tree, yeah. <laughs> yep. which you sent me the video. And we'll talk about that uh, at, at, in the show. Okay, let's see if I can go the right way here. All right. So in the third quartile, we now have 17 through 24. In terms of net points, it looks like a three-way tie between the Jets, Cleveland, and Atlanta for negative 1.2. Washington came at negative 1.3. Vegas at negative 1.4. Giants, there's your first mention, at negative 1.6. Tied with Carolina, negative 1.6. And Pittsburgh coming in at negative 2.2. So these are, in other words, these teams basically lost by less than a field goal for the most part. Yeah. Right. Now, Minnesota was actually finding themselves in historic waters for, for, you know, winning by those small margins. But here, these teams are just losing by very small margins. In terms of scoring, uh, 17 through 24, we have Cleveland, your Giants tied at 21.2. Carolina and Baltimore tied at 20.4. Arizona at 20. New Orleans, 19.4. Chicago, 19.2. And Washington, 18.9. So we'll say Chicago, for example, they're scoring 19.2 points per game. You know, how much of that is Justin Fields' fault? Again, I don't believe he has the offensive mind around him. Um, so that's a whole nother conversation. Defensive-wise, 
One of the reasons we questioned Carol, uh, Kansas City so much is here they are uh, at 18. The, uh, Carolina came in at 20, at 17, uh, allowing 22.2 points per game. Kansas City allowed 22 point, excuse me, Carolina 22 even. Kansas City 22.2. Cleveland 22.4. The Rams 22.6. You see there's fractions separating these guys. Atlanta, your Giants, the Chargers. Well, you're landing your Giants 22.7 and 22.8, respectively, and the Chargers giving up uh, 23.1, actually tied with Miami. Oh, no, Miami's 24.1. So very small differential between 17 and 24, going from 22 points allowed per game to 24.1 points per game, just a 2.1-point differential over eight ranking places there. So it's tight. It's tight in there. Um and then our turnover differential, basically 17 through 21 are all tied at negative 0.1. You're talking Denver, Rams, Jacksonville, Buffalo, as first Buffalo mentioned here, and Chicago all at negative 0.1. And then from uh, 22 to 24, Tampa Bay, Tennessee, and Atlanta at negative 0.2. So anything you want to say on this quartile? Yeah, all these teams need help, but they don't need help in the dire way that the teams we went on over previously from 25 to 32 do. All these teams are a couple of players away. Well, let me look at the list again. Yeah, <laughs> all these teams, well, some are more than a couple of players away, but they have some definite glaring needs in order to make themselves better. Now, if we just look at average net points, which is the main ranking, you see the Giants there. None of the other teams from 17 to 24, except for the Giants, actually made the playoffs. So when I talk about teams that are close, I'm talking about the Giants. I'm talking <laughs> about teams that have glaring needs. I'm talking about teams like Atlanta and the Jets. And the most glaring needs you can have on your football team is quarterback. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? I think, uh, Atlanta, I, I think they kind of like Ritter there. Well, I, I think they like Ritter, but I don't know if they're going to put all their eggs in Ritter's basket. At some point, you you know, you make these picks, and at some point you got to, you know, got to at least give it a real shot. I mean, you made the pick. I, I don't know. Was he, these guys was do he all, this, all this uh, uh, scouting and voluminous notes and then they get the guy and it's like eh, i don't know he's the guy that that only that only goes for first rounders <laughs> if you're not a first rounder all bets are off all bets are off eh? right. they, 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 yeah they'll try to make a first rounder work through hell and high water <laughs> well again rookie contracts they've already set it up so they're cheap not like you're gonna, you know, you got a bunch of dead money or something like that. If you, you know, if right. you get so uh, the next quartile is nine through sixteen. So now we're in the top half here, and as you look at net points, we begin to enter positive territory with Detroit coming in at plus one point five. Now, didn't we see Detroit defensively in the bottom quartile somewhere? Yes, we did. That's a big difference in ranking. Yeah, so they're coming out on a positive end. The Patriots coming out on a positive end at plus one net points. <laughs> one. 
And then you've got the charges at plus 0 0.3. So those are all the positive. That's 9 through 11 in the rankings. And then you have the beginning of the negative there, Green Bay at negative 0 0.1. Miami, negative 0 0.3. That's 12 and 13. Minnesota, negative 0 0.6. That's 14. Seattle, negative 0 0.7. That's 15, and New Orleans, negative 0.9. So we see Seattle, Minnesota as two of those teams that we said had large ranking differentials. Right. Um, you want you got anything before I go to scoring and defense? And no, defense? no, that's I'm just I was gonna say Seattle and Minnesota, that's when we talk about large ranking differentials, those are the kind of teams we're talking about where the offense obviously excelled, the defense obviously did not. And and the difference. Or vice versa. Excuse me. Or vice versa. Or vice versa, right? As, as like Denver, um, and that 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 makes up what we what we consider a, a, a large ranking differential. Um, now, depending on how good the higher of the differential is, depends on where they're going to end up in the in the overall rankings. Obviously. Minnesota had a really good offense, scoring points-wise, we'll say. And um, Seattle was far better than they'd been in the past. Uh, their quarterback, Geno Smith, basically had a career year, okay, turned himself from a career backup to a, to a solid NFL starter and was a little surprising how well he played. That was able to drag their team up to an overall ranking of 15 even though the defense was ranked pretty low. So that's what we talk about when we talk about the ranking differential. Absolutely, absolutely. You see on the scoring side, uh, you, you're kicking off with Jacksonville, right? And Good scoring team. Seattle. Good scoring team. Tied at 23.9 points per game. Yeah, that's nothing to sneeze at, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now Miami had a lot of problems with their quarterback, but they wound up averaging 23.8 points per game. Okay. Right. Uh, the Chargers are probably one of the surprising teams to be that actually this low, 23.4 uh, points per game. There's your Raiders, 23.2. And I guess they want more out of their quarterback. So Derek Carr, you're out of here. Mm -hmm. But hey, talk about quarterbacks who want you want more from the quarterback in Green Bay, averaging 21.8 points per game. Uh, I think is he in his darkness retreat now, Aaron? Has he gone? I darkness? think it started. Yeah. Okay. All right. But I heard today that the place where it is actually does have a light switch that you can turn on whenever you feel like it. If you have to. If, if you, you have, have to. to. Okay. All right. We talked about Atlanta um, scoring twenty one point five points. Darkness retreat. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> is this guy for real, man? Who, Aaron? If if there was ever a more self-centered <laughs> media hound, holy mackerel, man, he's he's built for this 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 social media age. He's built for this, man. He's ready. Self-promoting, look at me, holy mackerel. It, it, it's he's lucky he's as good as he is. 
Because well, somebody actually, will always that's, a, now I, that's an interesting statement. He's lucky he's as good as he is, or he knows he's as good as he is, and so he's going to take as much privilege as he can. But and, that's in him to want that privilege. That's why I say he's lucky he's as good as he is. Because he didn't have to be that. There's a lot of lot of quarterbacks can't do that. You know, they just don't have that, you know. Yeah. Can you imagine, can you imagine Tua saying to to Miami, oh, I don't think we're taking darkness, you children. I'm coming back. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know what? Go have fun. Stay as long as you want. <laughs> you know, I'll turn the light off for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Right. We'll leave the light off for you. <laughs> we got a Motel 6 room you can stay in. We'll turn the light off for you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Such fun, such fun. Defensively, New Orleans coming in ninth, uh, 20.3 points per game. Then we got a two-way tie between Pittsburgh and the Patriots at 20.4 points per game. Tennessee comes in in a two-way tie with Denver allowing 21.1 points per game. So, again, we talked about Denver. Here they are defensively finishing out in 13th place, which actually fell for them. But they, I believe, Yeah, they fell because as, as the games were being played, they were in the top 10. Yeah. Matter of fact, they were top five for a minute. I, I'm telling you. I'm telling yeah. you. Um, you know, again, Ben's the, the fantasy guy. I'm the Madden guy. So, Ben, you know, part of my ability to – to get over my, you know, withdrawal from football is to play Madden, right? Right. So I start a franchise, you know, so I hadn't done franchise all year. I didn't really have time, but I start a franchise and I'm playing through and I'm playing Denver, right? Okay. And I'm up to three picks. And at one point I said to myself, shh, it's Denver. <laughs> you know what I mean? I forgot who I was messing with, with here. Right, right, right. So, um, yeah, yeah, Denver's no joke defensively. Uh, Jacksonville, 21.4, Tampa Bay, 21.6, and Green Bay, 21.8 points per game allowed. That's 9 through 16. And then in turnover differential, mostly positive from 9 through 14. That's Baltimore, Green Bay, Minnesota, your Giants, Kansas City. Again, why we question them. Seattle breaks even at zero. So you're 0.2. Then that four-way tie, 0.1 between the, the Pack, the Vikes, the Giants, and Kansas City. Um, Seattle broke even at zero, and then Cleveland and Houston on the negative side tied for 15th and 16th place at negative 0.1. So that's our second quartile. You want to wrap this up or move along? Uh, let's get up. Let's, let's move on. Moving along to the top eight. Here we go. All right. So here's the best of the best. And one of the things we found out as we track net points and, and we tell people, you know, it is what it is, but it's generally not the number one team that wins the Super Bowl in net points. Hardly so, ever. Hardly ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hardly ever. I think the Eagles were tied with the Patriots in that Super Bowl year that the Eagles won. Right. Yeah. Okay. You know, um, and again, you know, these are averages, and we kept it as average because obviously through the playoffs, certain teams weren't playing. So their average is really from 
the regular season, you know, and then the other teams, as they go through the playoffs, you know, they score, they give up points, and they wound up with their averages. So rankings one through eight in average net points. Congratulations, Philadelphia Eagles came in at first place, averaging plus 9.3. My San Francisco 49ers came in second at plus 8.7. Buffalo, your your your, your uh, favorite team in the AFC, came in third place at 8.6. Dallas, who I understand, um, uh, what's the name of the coach? Uh, who's the coach that you play to win the game? This, I saw something reported where he walked off the show because he was tired of talking about Dallas. <laughs> he walked off the show? Yes. Herm Edwards. Herm. Herm Walker. One of the shows in the morning or whatever. He's like, I guess he just got sick up and fed with Dallas talk. <laughs> oh, so he just got up and walked? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry I missed that. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And here we have in fifth place, and again, remember, we were surprised at how low they were on defense and in turnover differential, but your Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, averaging plus seven points per game. That's one touchdown and an extra point on the nose there. Uh, Cincinnati right behind them at plus 6.2. We have a bit of a drop-off down the seventh place to Jacksonville at plus 2.5. And Baltimore actually wound up in the top eight at plus 1.6 points per game. And uh, the Lamar contract, still unsettled. But they got a new offensive coordinator, right? Yeah, they did. And I don't know if he's necessarily an option coordinator. No, he's not. <laughs> so we'll be talking about that in the Brain Trust section. Do you want to say anything before we roll through the rest? Uh, of no, I'm going to save this Baltimore talk because this is going to take some research and it's going to take some more talk. Off the top of my head, I will say, at first thought, I'm thinking, oh, they're bringing in a college guy. And he's a college guy from Georgia who's a winner, but not necessarily is going to run the type of offense that suits uh, uh, Lamar. Lamar. However, the guy that hand built the offense to suit Lamar. They just let go. So maybe, maybe this experiment is over. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not paying attention to these little things going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And then you start to wonder, well, you know, why are they acting the way they're acting toward Lamar? Right. This experiment may be over, which means one of two things. Either they think he has, is a, can be, can, oh, I'm sorry, maybe they think he can be a better passer and another offensive situation would suit him or they're ready to let him go. Can you imagine what he'll bring in? The crazy thing is not every team is going to want a Lamar Jackson. Crazy as that might sound. Because Former they MVP. The, the, the funny thing is, one team that might want a Lamar that you might not think about would be my Niners. Because as I said to you, that's why they went and got Trey Lance. Bruh, that wouldn't even be fair. <laughs> that wouldn't even be fair. But I don't I don't think you're ready to spend that kind of money. Um, again, 
Who's on the contract? Right? Purdy, Trey, and Garoppolo's out of here. That's true. And again, when they came into the season, the offensive play structure had built-in pistols and all types of options. That's true. It wound up not going that way after Trey got hurt. <laughs> so put a package together. Let's go. <laughs> John Lynch. Put oh, the package goodness. together. Oh my goodness. I can't imagine. But anyway, let's go to the scoring part. Um, where the Kansas City Chiefs finished first in the league. So again. They wound up uh, in fifth place at plus seven. They were down in the second or third quartile on defense. But that offense has been stout all year. And as they like to say, we saw a little bit of the parade. They said, and this was supposed to be our rebuilding year. <laughs> Crazy. And they wound up not only winning the Super Bowl, but again, taking the scoring title. Philly. Just 1.1 points behind them at 29.1 points per game. Uh, your team, uh, Dow the Buffalo Bill, and I say the Dallas, Buffalo Bills 27.7. You know, and I think that the magic number is 28 points per game. Again, that's one touchdown, an extra point per quarter. We ain't asking that much, but it ain't easy. Uh, Dallas. 26.8 points per game takes the fourth place. And Detroit, we talked again about Detroit having that poor defense, but here they are in fifth place in scoring uh, at 26.6 points per game. Yep. So again, kudos to the Detroit Lions um, for their offense there. My Niners coming in six at 25.9 points per game. Was considered that the, that last game we played against the Niners, we had zero quarterbacks and basically only scored like seven points in that game on the McCaffrey touchdown run. And he still wound up in the top eight in scoring. That's the Purdy effect. That's 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 going to be what's really interesting. Um, Cincinnati at seventh place in scoring. Um, Averaging 25.7 points per game. And there's your Minnesota Vikings. And again, they were in the lower quartiles defensively, but they round out the top eight. Averaging 24.9 points per game. And your boy, Kirk Cousins, who was MVP of the flag game at the <laughs> Pro Bowl. Where they had nerves of steel, took him down, and then freaked everybody out when he took a knee. You can't do that. That's a run play. <laughs> Controversy. <laughs> that, that Pro Bowl stuff was funny, man. Nobody actually knew the flag rules. <laughs> even, even the refs were a little cloudy, you know? So that 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 was funny. Yeah, that was funny. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you. That, that was my favorite part. Um, my San Francisco. 49ers take first place defensively, only allowing 17.2 points per game. And again, that's after all the points they gave up in that conference championship. So that's some strong defense right there, buddy. The New York Jets, second place, 18.6 points per game allowed. So are they just the Aaron Rodgers quarterback away? 
from really being competitive. Well, like I said, like that? that's that's there. There's a glaring weakness there, but it could easily be filled if they fill it correctly. The Ravens, 18.8 points per game allowed. That's third. That's another one. Third place in the league. Yeah, we just talked a little bit about them. And then Buffalo, 19.1 takes fourth place. And the Bengals at 19.6 take fifth place. Now, again, ladies and gentlemen, this is where we start to look at that small ranking differential, and especially if you're in the top quartile. And all of your different areas are up in that top quartile. And you begin to right. say, this team is for, this is a serious squad here. So even if you look at Dallas, 19.7 points per game allowed, sixth place, fourth place in scoring, 26.8 points per game. Uh, defensively, Philadelphia, 19.8 points per game, bringing seventh place behind Dallas. And there's your NFC East like a champ, man. Dallas, Washington, and Philly. Washington's in eighth place, allowing 20.2 points per game. Defense being played in the NFC East. Absolutely. Okay, so um, that's the defense there. Average points allowed, one through eight. You got your Niners, your Jets, your Ravens, your Bills, your Bengals, your Cowboys, your Eagles, and your, let's say it together, Benny. No. Commanders, the Commanders. The Commodores. <laughs> now, again, we talk about being uh, um, having that ranking differential across the different uh, categories. So now we're over at average turnover differential, where, again, my San Francisco 49ers take first place at plus 0 0.7 average turnover differential per game. So that means they're um, taking it away more than they're giving it up. Uh, is that a two-way tie for second and third between the Chargers and the Eagles at plus 0. Yes. 0.6? Dallas, again, in that top group at plus 0. 0.5. Detroit in that top group tied with the New England Patriots and the Bengals between fifth, sixth, and seventh placed at plus 0. 0.4 and the Steelers at plus 0. 0.2. So that's your number one quartile. Uh, this is a quartile where you're going to find your Super Bowl champion, even though it won't necessarily be the first place or second place. But it's generally in this top eight that you're going to find your Super Bowl champion. Um, once the, 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 the difference between these rankings and what happens has a lot to do with what division they're in and all of that kind of stuff as to who advances and who gets matched up against who. Then it becomes a game of matchups, et cetera, et cetera. So, Benny, before we move into talking about the big game, let's wrap up the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings, the final rankings for the 2022-2023 season featuring the Super Bowl 57 champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, what sticks out to me is – the old axiom of defense wins championships is teetering on extinction. Now, I, shouldn't, <laughs> I probably shouldn't use the word extinction because it's basically been that way for as long as we've been living. And it could possibly and most likely, or I should say probably, 
flip back again in the next season or so. But for this particular season, look at these rankings. Average points for the two highest scoring offenses, 29.2 points per game and 29.1 points per game were your two Super Bowl contestants. Offense meant the world this year. It is a quarterback-driven league. That is a fact. I don't know if – I'm not saying defense doesn't matter. I'm not saying defense doesn't count. And I also say – we used to say the team with the best defense and a really good running game is the one that's probably going to win it all. Run games, although they weren't huge in the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs run game, which had been much maligned, was pretty nice. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Okay, so I'm I'm just saying the old, you know, you oh. can't win without a defensive run game still applies, I feel, until I see this happen again. But offense was big this year. No doubt about it. I think we have to acknowledge that the league has attempted to tilt. Oh, absolutely. It toward the offense because it's a wonder it hasn't happened before this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, All right. Well, that wraps up the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings. Benny, let's move on to the Bias Plus report as we did it for the Super Bowl. And here's what we said. Pro Football Bias Plus reports NFL Super Bowl 57, Kansas City Chiefs at the Philadelphia Eagles. Bias Plus score 5.1 favored those Eagles. So again, ladies and gentlemen, if we just go back, we'll go back one second. Again, we get this from looking at the net point differential. That's what we basically do. And then we look at the turnover differential. We put that all together. And that's what the numbers say. Okay. So this is that's a pure number play there. And as you can see, Philadelphia Eagles being number one in net points, Kansas City Chiefs being number five, it would favor the Philadelphia Eagles. So, right. Benny, the, the big question is, what happened? <laughs> so what are we going to talk about the game now that's what we're going to talk about the game buddy all right so 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 first of all the eagles went in as a 5.1 point favor favorite according to our bias plus report rightfully so they were higher ranked in the net point power rankings overall they were higher uh, they were they were second behind Kansas City in points for. They were higher in points against, and they were higher in turnover differential. So they they were higher than Kansas City in most of the categories. Three out of four categories, right? Yep. Hence, and to some degree, before you add in the the um super bowl i think they actually might have been tied with kansas city offensively okay oh right it's, again these are the final results after the game 
So before the game, it was a little different. They were like neck. But they they were still ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, net point-wise, yeah. Right. Even Vegas had the Eagles favored. That's right. But, of course, you know, they were favored by one and a half points. Exactly. Wow. Um, Lost some money. The fans, the Eagle fans outnumbered the Chiefs fans in the stadium. Okay. It seemed like everything was going the Eagles' way. Unfortunately, the Eagles, again, here we go with another old axiom. The team that makes the fewest mistakes <laughs> is probably the team that's going to win the game. Basically, that's what happened in my estimation. The team that made the fewest penalties was the Kansas City Chiefs. The teams that didn't turn the ball over was the Kansas City Chiefs. The team that didn't drop crucial passes was the Kansas City Chiefs. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. And it grieves me that so many Eagle fans, and I don't want to get too deep into this because we'll probably talk about this later, so many Eagle fans are trying to put the loss on one play and a referee call. Like I tried to tell several people, if you leave the game in the referee's hands, you leave yourself open for bad things to happen to you. The score was tied at the time of that penalty. Shouldn't have been tied. If you don't give away a touchdown on a fumble, if you don't drop a bomb that's right in your hands, guess what? You probably win it, not tied. Let's add three more things. Okay. You don't give up give up a punt return to your own three. Oh God, I was saving that one. No, I saving that one. Sean Payton. The new coach, the old coach of the New Orleans Saints, who took a year off, and the new coach of the Denver Broncos, I was watching the pregame show, and everybody's ranting and raving about offense, defense, and he said, the biggest difference in this game could be special teams. He said, that's the one thing that the Chiefs have over the Eagles. He kind of left it there. He didn't go into specifics. He just said special teams – in general, and well, let, going let me mention. Let me mention um, our friend Mark Russell uh, mm-hmm. had had harped on special teams a bit earlier in the season. Okay, I, I give him credit for for that. Um, but yeah, that was a big play. And then the other two would be uh, goal line left and goal line right, where again you sent me the clip from the Jaguars game yes where they ran that same play and that's player in a man so the man is losing his man <laughs> giving up outside leverage on both sides they ran the same play and you know the, the the funny thing is again as a madden person you get certain plays that you're really good at you know what right. i mean and right. in crucial situations you can go to that but once you see something works in, fo- in football, the concept is you do it till they stop it, right? Right. You know I mean? If you guys are going to stay in that man in the goal line, then we're going to give you that same little motion and see if he can keep up with the guy on outside leverage. And those guys are fast. They're quick. You know yes. what I mean? 
Those those aren't slow guys. Those aren't fullbacks that they're putting in motion and maybe can get to the outside. You get them guys a step, you're done. You're toast. You know. Right. So, you know, like you said, and it's funny because it's hard to it's hard to verbalize a philosophy relative to that one play thing because one play can make the difference in the game. We do realize that, but it's never really the one play that determines the game. Right. Because the game got down to that one play because of all the things that happened before it. Right. You know? It can make a difference, but it may not, it may or may not, it may not determine the outcome. Right. Like you it said, definitely it, can make a difference. Um your your the vaunted defense, the highest sacking defense in the league, zero sacks. Um, I'm surprised at that. In their defense. Whose brilliant idea was it to grow this special grass for the Super Bowl and not test it out before the game? You know, they grew that because I'm I'm thinking I watch Cardinals games and I didn't see people slipping and sliding like this. They saved that grass for that game. You gotta, you gotta test that grass out. The, the edge rushers had no chance. Edge rushers, they depend on being able to make contact and bend their bodies to get around those offensive tackles. You gotta have your feet. They were sliding all over the place. It, 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 it's a shame. I, I feel bad for the edge rushers on both teams. But especially Hassan Reddick, who has tremendous bend. And that's an asset for him. That's a skill set he has that allows him to get as many sacks as he got, to beat men almost twice his size. But when you bend like that, you have to have sure footing. And he was, his feet were coming out from under him like crazy. That was a. A very important point that you brought up about the, the the turf. I know that there was slipping. A lot of the commentators were like, well, both teams had to play on it. But the fact that they brought this in special and it's not the turf that the Cardinals normally play on and it had not been tested really right. tested ahead of time. Yeah. I think that's big information. Uh, again, you know, that's why you watch Ben and Barry on football because, you know, we're looking at stuff like that. Um the only thing I say about Hassan Reddy, to me, the funniest play of the game was when Mahomes stepped up the middle and Hassan Reddick was the closest one to him. And he pulled away from him on, a, on one bad wheel. And I'm like, ooh. Guy's got one leg. He got he one leg. One-legged man. He ran away from Hassan Reddick. I'm like, ooh, that ain't good. <laughs> One-legged man made one of the biggest plays in the entire game. And again, we both talked about, you know, Mahomes being more of a scrambler and, and Hurts being more of a runner, you know. But again, Mahomes is more of a do-what-you-need-to-do-to-win-the-game. <laughs> Run, scramble, or whatever. He can do both, and we've seen him do both. You yeah, know? it's not like he can't run. Not like he can't run, like he won't. You know what I mean? It's it's there as part of it, but it's not. Right. He's extremely the offense. You know, right? Like run left, run right, like you would with a, a Hertz. You know what I mean? So 
Uh, I just thought that when I saw him pull away from Hassan Reddick, I'm like, oh, snap, that, that's not good. So there you go on that. All right. So um, as far as that play is concerned in the penalty, my own, my main takeaway from that is that I believe that most people felt they were cheated out of two minutes of some of the most exciting football that you could have had, had the Eagles had an opportunity uh, to get the ball back. If, if, say, for example, you know, Kansas City wound up with just a field goal there, you know, and and had to give the ball back because two-minute warning time, you know, now you got, you know, Hurts and the Eagles uh, offense again, an offense that's just as potent as the Chiefs offense. Um, and can the Chiefs then, you know, do what needed to be done to keep them from scoring a touchdown and maybe even taking the Super Bowl into overtime, you know. We, everybody was just loving the game itself, and they just wanted more of it. So I think to a lot of the, the emotional reaction kind of just came from the fact that people just was like, I wanted more, you know. I wanted to I get it. I, you know, and I, yeah, I felt that way. You know what I mean? I felt, I felt, you know, relative to that. You cheated the fans a little bit in terms of, you know, you had to call it if you had to call it um, and all of that. But I would have loved to have seen how that last two minutes would have played out. So uh, there you go on that. So I can't think of anything else. Ben, you got anything else on the game that you want to say? Uh, not really. Uh, I, I, again, it was a really good game. It was extremely competitive. Uh, it got to the point where I was even saying to myself, boy, if if the Eagles don't make any bad glaring mistakes here, they can win this thing, especially once the first half was completed. I'm thinking if they can just hold it together and maybe figure out the one thing I thought they needed to do as far as uh, a halftime adjustment was, was to figure out some other kind of way to get to Mahomes because even though they were winning the game, they hadn't been able to get to him. And it was obvious that the edge rushers were having trouble. So they needed to get more pressure up the middle. I thought maybe if they would blitz more, which wasn't yeah, something they funny. I thought when they, when the Eagles played my Niners, I'm thinking it's a sound ready to end, but they have him listed as a linebacker. Yeah. He's an outside linebacker. Yeah, he's actually an outside line. Because remember, I kept saying they played that five-man across line thing? Right. He was the fifth man. And, you know, what you talked about with the turf um, might have just been something that they said, hey, that's not going to work on this turf, so we can't do that. You know what I mean? Right. Again, Why not line him up inside or bring a blitz? They, It's it's like they refused the blitz. And I understand Philly fans are saying they're glad that the, the, the D.C. is gone now, Gannon because he didn't make any adjustments. I think that would have been the best adjustment he could make defensively was to try to figure out a way to get to Mahomes. But it seemed like he was like, you know what? We'll just stick with what we're doing. We're winning. Everything will be fine. Nah, you're playing Andy Reid, bro. He's going to bring you something new. you got to get to Mahomes. You have to. Well, that, again, our friend Mark, uh, Russell, we talked about that, and he he felt as if the the Eagles lacked a, a halftime adjustment, and that they needed to pressure more. He said the same thing. Now again, we didn't know about the turf at that particular time, um, but like you're saying, there's there's a number of different ways where you can come at somebody, and if it's not working off the edge because of the turf, you know, right? That was the kind of thing I said even with my Niners in that 
conference championship. It's like uh, at a certain point, you know, maybe it's Monday morning quarterbacking. We've had time to think about it, but in the heat of the moment, it was like, oh, okay. It worked. And that's what I said to Mark. If, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> if it worked for a half, if it worked for a half, do you change it? You know? Or do you come out and let's see what they're going to do? But then you have to make the in-game adjustments. Well, the thing is, defensively, it didn't work. You were winning in spite of the fact that you didn't get to it. So the adjustment to me is let's enhance what we're doing and figure out a way where we can get to him because we're winning without getting to him. We're lucky, actually. Let's see if we can figure out a way where we can apply more pressure to ensure that we keep this guy under control and we can salt this game away. You know, it's just like when you go in and you think offensive. Okay, we got a lead. Let's see if we can lean on our run game a little bit. Keep him off the field. Continue to keep him off the field because the Eagles were winning everything. Time of possession was slanted toward the Eagles immensely. Everything they wanted to do in the first half was working as far as the plan was concerned. They had some mishaps, but the plan was working. So you want to enhance that. What can we do to ensure that we can keep him off the field? You know, should I heard the ball. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Say it again. I was going to say, should we run the ball a little bit more? Should we crank up our short passing attack a little bit more? Should we throw more slants to A.J. Brown? Should we keep that going? You know what I'm saying? Who had a good game. I do want to mention that. Yes. His game got kind of gets overlooked. But I thought he had a pretty good game. Yes. And you got, you know, you, you bring up a point because I kept thinking, should Hurts have run more, you know, in that second half? Um, that option game. You mean was called run plays or give him the option? option like make yeah, where he really, I thought, to me, I thought the difference in the game was going to be their ability to run the option. That's what I was, if you go back and look at my intriguing game of the week for the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings page, at stnppr.com you'll see that 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 was what i thought was really the intriguing part of the game was that you had a true option offense for the first time in a super bowl and i'm thinking man these guys get that option going you know what i mean um it's going to be a long day for kansas city and i thought that they could actually beat some of that pressure that was going to come from Kansas City, obviously, you know, they've got two or three really good rushers. So I thought that that was going to be something. And so I was looking for that in the second half. But he well, comes out throwing the ball and not even throwing short, like you said, not even throwing the quick slants and stuff like that. And, again, the last thing you want to do is give the ball back to Mahomes. Trying to put him away. Again, weeks ago, I said, if this team has a weakness, it's their coaching staff. They chase big plays a lot. I think they were trying to bury him. Well, you know, it's against them. That you say that because I think I heard the what's his what's his offensive coordinator name? Steichen. Steichen, when he was in his uh, uh, announcement thing for his new job, I think it was him that said, 
We throw to score, but we run to win. Right. I heard that. They want to they want to pile up points and then grind it out. It which, worked. That's fine. It worked all during the season. Yeah. Against lesser teams. Right. Teams with lesser quarterbacks that couldn't mount a comeback. They couldn't mount a comeback, you know? And so, you know, that it's you know, it, it's interesting again, these philosophies and these guys, you know, wound up getting head coaching jobs. So it'll see interesting to see how that works out. But I, that's what I thought was going to happen. I thought they were going to option these guys into oblivion with Hurts. And now, I, I will say this. At the end of the game, when they were interviewing some of the guys from the Chiefs, Chris Jones was up there. And he said, coming out into the second half, Jalen Hurts running was our main focus. They said, we, are, we determined we were not going to let him run that quarterback draw. Now, I don't know if that meant he could have maybe run the option and gotten outside more. If he could have, he didn't. That would have been the Eagles' fault, okay? But they were not going to give him that quarterback draw. Well, the quarterback draw is one thing. But Hurts is a triple option threat. I understand that. So, again, like I said, if they didn't exploit the opening that they had, that's on them. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if, you, if you're gearing up for the quarterback draw and he fakes the draw, you're done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you've got running backs that can get to the outside, and you've got an A.J. Brown, you know, like you said, on a slant, your RPO scenarios. There's a lot know, of things they could have done. There's a lot of things that they could have done. And, and, again, you know, so so there you go. You know, we we, we thought that the Eagles um, had the advantages. Uh, net point-wise, they had the advantages. Um, the Chiefs. So, so, and you mentioned something else. You said something about, remember I said, uh, they can't let, they can't let, uh, let Andy out coach. <laughs> That's what I said. I said, everything points, this is before the game. I said, everything points to the Eagles. On paper, they have the strongest roster in the entire league. It's very difficult to find a weak point on this team. My personal thing was the players are so good that the only thing that could hurt them is probably the coaching staff. I said, but again, when you talk about the coaching staff hurting them, you they cannot let Andy Reid outcoach them. Andy Reid coming off the bye is legendary. <laughs> Everybody knows it. Okay. Yeah. So you have to outcoach the coach that outcoaches other people coming off the bye. They didn't do it. And again, let's talk about those two easy touchdowns real quick, too. Okay, Sky go ahead. Moore and Kadarius Toney. Kadarius Toney, who was drafted by the New York Giants, my team, and looked like a bust for whatever reason. I don't know what it was. He just didn't fit there. I don't know if him and the coaches didn't get along. I don't know if they misused him. For whatever reason, he was not happy in New York. He is very happy in Kansas City. They like the way he likes the way they're using him. He scored an easy touchdown. Sky Moore is a rookie, a rookie who didn't even get that much playing time during the season. Scored the other easy touchdown. That is a Doug Peterson play. The ex quarterback, the ex head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, ran that play, and he ran it on the Eagles in Week Four of the regular season. 
Eric Bieniemy studying tape saw that play and took it and saved it. Remember, I talked about showing teams a formation that they seen in film study and then doing something else. Normally, I'm not a hundred percent on this, but I'm eighty-eight point five percent. Normally, in a goal line situation like those two plays, when they send that wide guy, there's somewhat. First of all, there's there's somewhat a tight formation. The widest wide receiver goes in motion. The Chiefs usually send him all the way over. You could see the DBs on the eagle on the Eagles pointing, saying, "You grab him if he goes." And I, they they thought they knew what to do. When the ball got snapped and he whipped and wheeled the other way, they were running in the opposite direction. Out coached. And I'm glad you mentioned Eric Bieniemy because strangely enough, Stephen A. and I both agree that Andy Reid's shadow is hurting his head coaching. Uh, I think it kind of is. Yeah, I've been saying that for a while. It's it's really yeah. hard. And and apparently he's being offered another. Does it the Washington Commanders offensive coordinator position? Okay. And and I thought to myself, well, he's already an offensive coordinator. I don't know why he would want to leave a championship team and go to another team, et cetera. And the only reason to really do that would be to get out from underneath. Get out of the shadow. Shadow, yeah. you know, and then he might actually have a head coaching opportunity. But if you're winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl, and you potentially the odds on favorite to take the uh, head coaching position when Andy Reid says, okay, I've had enough, you know, which he hasn't said he had enough because apparently this job comes with cheeseburgers. And, you know, <laughs> as long as that's in, in the vogue, he might be there for a hot And he's going to hang around. <laughs> it comes with cheeseburgers, man. You know what I'm saying? So uh, he ain't no fool. He knows where the cheeseburgers are. Yeah. But, hey, look, the enemy looked like he had a few. <laughs> I remember when he was in college, man, he was. He, he was, was a running back, up. right? Yeah. He done packed on some pounds, too. Yeah. Uh, if if I was Eric Bieniemy, and I don't know how tough this would be, but I would attempt to get as close to a guarantee that I could that when Andy decides to call it, that I'm the handpicked guy to step in. If I have that, then I can stop going on these interviews that don't mean nothing. You know what I mean? And just sit tight and wait. Because why would I want to separate myself from Patrick Mahomes? You know, again, if you're just looking at money, um, if you win enough Super Bowls, you'll probably make up the difference. <laughs> and have yeah. a bit less headache. <laughs> yeah. Really. You know what I mean? Really. So you'll be part of a dynasty. And, and you know, it's funny. When you were talking about um, the play, and uh, who was it that ran the Jaguars, right? Yes. And he's part of Andy Reid's tree. Yes. That might have been an Andy Reid play that he didn't forgot about. <laughs> you know how guys say, could, could I been more football than you could have been. I just don't. I just don't think the Chiefs actually had it in their repertoire. Right. 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 You know. You know? But so. but Doug Peterson definitely had it in his. 
And, look, and he ran it, and it worked the same exact way. The guy was wide open. Nobody you know, was near him. There's an old saying, Benny. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. <laughs> That's it. That's exactly what happened. So, you know, as again, as it comes down. Fool me three times. <laughs> well, not the same, not that, that whip play. The, the Jags got him once, the Chiefs got oh. him twice. And it worked exactly the same all three times. All three times. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah, but, oh, it was a holding call that cost us the game. Oh. Yeah, I know. I know. All right, Benny. Well, again, Ben and Barry on football. Uh, we are first and foremost football fans. Secondly, fans of teams. Ben still coaches. He's got his old PTTFL shirt on there. Philadelphia Tough Touch Football League, where we both played. He now coaches. It's now flag. And I've heard, hey Ben, they, they said flag is like, the NFL is saying flag is like the fastest growing segment. And I think it, it because it brings in women, you know, that's a whole segment that wasn't really playing football. Right. And now, you know, they're playing and they're getting a lot of attention. You know, we talked about it, you know. So, uh, and speaking of women, remember I said, where the heck has Kimmy Checks been? Mm. Well, she was at the parade today, reporting on the parade. So she's back. Her. She was on um she was on the network there for one show. Okay, okay. I hadn't seen her. That was the first I've seen her. I think she had a baby. Yeah, she's kind of been missing in action. Yeah, she's been MIA. So. Speaking of missing in action, real fast, because we're getting ready to wrap up, right? Yep. I sent you that thing about Michael Irvin. Let's, did you get a chance to look? You didn't look at it. No. Michael Irvin has two witnesses, people that don't know him, that said they were nearby when he had that incident in the hotel lobby and they didn't see anything egregious, anything wrong. The woman worked there. She had a uniform on. They shook hands and parted ways, both smiling. Everything was fine. He didn't do anything crazy or out of the way. He was, he came in there. People asked him for photographs. He took selfies with a couple of people. The girl stopped him on his way to the elevator, came up, they talked for less than a minute, shook hands, and walked away. So his story seems to be holding up. $100 million lawsuit. Crazy. Go for yeah, it. I would. They're doing that to you because... They kicked him out the hotel. I know. And they, and they disappeared him off the NFL channel. Yeah. So he can definitely point the loss of money. Oh, yeah. speaking of money... Um, I took a quick look. You know, Chad Henney retired. No. Back, yeah, backup quarterback. He's like, I'm taking this and I'm retiring. Okay. Best job in the NFL. He's made about $40 million <laughs> in his time in the NFL. <laughs> Two rings. Super Bowl bonus money. You know what I'm saying? And that's just contract. You're right. I'm, I'm not even talking about Super Bowl bonus money. That was just contract money. Right. You know, $40 million, best job in the NFL. I wonder how he felt 
I wonder how he felt when Mahomes limped off the field. I wonder if he was like, oh, my God, I got to go in. He's done. I thought he's been every time he's gone in, he's done pretty well. Yeah, but it's the Super Bowl. They keep, he had to. He had to have a little flutter. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, that that was crazy. That was crazy. So yeah, Ted Henning, congratulations on retirement. Then I told you last week. Here you go. I can yep. say I told you. Yep. If the Kansas City Chiefs win, they will be the bias plus buster of the week. <laughs> right. As they were. Good job for them. They earned it. They almost played mistake-free ball. And they and they turned it up in the second half and did what they had to do. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. If we had more time, I'd get my little rant going on Eagles fans, but I'm going to save it. Or I'm going to let it subside because it's not really worth it. Yeah, it, it's 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 leveling off now. We we moved beyond it. They're, they're, yeah, they're starting to get over it. So they're talking as much about Rihanna as they are the game now. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, how about that? So yeah, it's moving along. All right, Benny, great show. Any last words? Nah, man, go nose. Go nose. <laughs> <laughs>